let's face it. We all know that this game is 100% a mindset thing. But the thing is that, you know, we can easily get distracted. I, I get easily distracted. So the things that keep us in check is that we need to really master how to reframe things that are going on in our own head. And to do this, you need little habits and little exercises. And that is what my guest is going to be teaching us today. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Let's get straight into who our guest is today. So my guest today, I'm joined by Elena Schwartz, and she helps six and seven figure entrepreneurs and founders uh, to create more financial and time freedom. Now, we all want that, don't we? Now, a little bit about Elena. So she's a highly energetic and dynamic international speaker and a business paradigm shifter and mentor. Her deep passion is providing a framework for successful mission-driven entrepreneurs and leaders to develop an invincible mindset. So today we really focus on like a few things like self-sabotage. That's, that's a big one without even knowing it. Um, the little exercises to help put you back on track, especially when you get distracted. That's a huge one. I think we mainly cover those two areas the most. Um, so if you cover those two ones or if you hit one of them, I recommend you listen to my chat today. And, and Elena as well, just so I've got a reminder, what we talk about today, she has have, she has a freebie to accompany what we speak about. It's called the Quantum Leap Mindset Shift You Absolutely Have to Make to Add 110K to 50K month Months to Your Business. And it's the 10 hot tips to scale your business to the next mid to six to seven figure level while working less than 40 hours a week. So that is going to be going accompanying at the end of this episode is absolutely free. Um, and of course, I'm going to leave Elena's uh, social media handles in the description below. Let's get into this conversation today with my guest, Elena Schwartz. Welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. This is Jules Dan, and I'm joined by Elena Schwartz. Elena, thanks for jumping on the show. You're going to be the first one of 2021 for me. How's it going? Yeah, I love to rock the year. Thank you, Jules. For being, I'm so psyched to be here. I'm really psyched to be here. So thanks. So might first podcast back. I've got, I've had been rested. I know you've had a little staycation rest as well. And I was wondering if you could tell a little bit about my list to my listeners about your backstory to where you came from. Sure, sure. Um, so I started out as a lawyer in the music industry. I was a lawyer in the music industry for eight years in New York City. And um, my career culminated as me being the executive vice president of the largest independent music company in the world at the time. And when I got to that level, I was finally able to cop to and admit that I never really wanted to be a lawyer in the first place, that it was my parents' agenda. 
And it was very fortunate that I had a deep financial runway at the time. And I literally walked away with, I don't recommend this at all to anybody, but I walked away without having a plan of what I was going to do next and went in search of my purpose in life. And it took me a lot of years, a lot of major trials and tribulations and what I would say a midlife crisis um, to finally hire a purpose coach and get really clear that what I love to do and what I even love to do as a lawyer is help people grow and scale their businesses. So I now help, uh, you know, founders and leaders um, grow and scale and their impact and create time freedom and money freedom. And for me, money freedom isn't just about how much money you have in the bank. There are millionaires and billionaires who obviously have can I say this? Shitloads of money in the bank, and yet always yeah, feel like they. Can say this. Okay, good. Okay, good. They they have shitloads of money in the bank, and then they, yet they feel like they never really have enough, and they keep chasing more. And so, money freedom is an inside-out job that, regardless of how much money you have in the bank, you have a level of freedom with it, so that you can create more in the bank, but have satisfaction and fulfillment rather than living from a place of scarcity. Yeah. So it's all about living in an abundance mindset. And I'm curious, Elena, so do these skills transfer when you're that VP at the, at the, in the music industry? I'm not sure what, what company it was, but um, how did it all sort of come together? Um, was it that your, your coach sort of told you these were your strengths lied or uh, did you have to learn it a bit extra or how did it all come about? No. Honestly, it was a natural, I never went to like a coaching certification program or anything like that. I was just doing the exercises that he was having me to do to prompt, you know, um, prompt my inspiration, prompt my intuition. And I just got this download and I, uh, and then that was what was really clear to me what it was. Now I will say that I do feel that many of my skills from being a lawyer, um, I was always a very relational person. And I used to counsel, like when I had, when I hung out my own shingle for a bit, my cards actually read counselor at law, not attorney at law, because I really helped my clients um, with strategy, with strategy about how they were growing, who they were, you know, their brand uh, and what kind of strategic partnerships they should be making or who were ideal fits for them to work with. So I did a lot of that naturally as an attorney and that definitely has translated into my coaching and mentoring nice so that uh, that's a really key part so like the strategic partnerships and building relationships obviously really important now uh, i'm really curious to know is like how did the like because you spoke we spoke at the start so and you said as well, um, it's not necessarily how much is in the bank. It's all about what's also like how rich you feel on the inside. How did you then transition to <clears throat> teaching people how to hustle less and flow more in their work? Where, where, where'd that come from? Hey, Kitty. That's my cat. For my, for my listeners, for my listeners, there was a cat that just popped in. Yeah, he wants to be right in front of the screen here with you. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's, okay. that's, that's a really great question because one of the things that I learned, like, I think one of the biggest myths in business, Julian, is that 
people believe that they have to work really hard to succeed. And I'm not saying that you don't have to put in time, you don't have to put in consistent action and effort, but there's this idea that we have to be in constant hustle to really get really successful. And when I was a lawyer, and part of it is the, the law culture, I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. And there was this belief that mm. really to get to the level, and I, and I did, I worked like my ass off. And I, I, got, I worked so much that I made myself very physically ill and burned out. And that's what I experience happens a lot with a lot of my clients and with a lot of high achievers in particular, where they just keep going, going, hustle, hustle, hustle. And it was from some of the coaching that I did, but I started to learn that like, I would bet that if you looked back at your life, when you had the most success, those were moments of flow, those weren't moments of hustle. And everybody could probably experience those moments when everything just seems to be working, like one thing seems to pop right after the other, you know, synchronicities just start showing up, resources that you need just start yeah. showing up, right? And that's, that's the energy of flow. Yes. And I'm not saying totally ditch the hustle. But I think that there's this idea that if we hustle, and we just push our way to the goal, that we'll get there, rather than realizing that rather than realizing that actually the more flow we're in, the faster we'll get there. And so it was a natural byproduct of the way that I was living my life and being in so much hustle, being in so much of that masculine dominant energy, and just really understanding that balance of sort of the masculine and the feminine polarity. Yeah, I really want to touch on say, like, how someone recognizes they're in that state and then maybe how they get into that state but but something i definitely want to touch on is like so like, so like the psychology behind what you just said so many people working 60 80 hours and they know they're they're doing themselves more damage but they keep going one of my clients he's a success habits coach and i found it really interesting doing a lot of deep dive research and the reason why they keep going is because they're addicted to momentum and they're afraid if they stop, then they'll lose all momentum and to get momentum back or to get yourself back in motion, it's very slow and painful. So it's like, I can't, it's like a, a freight train. Like I can't really slow this. Once I yeah. slow it down, it takes forever to get back up again. So I really empathize with those people, but it's a really weird thing that's going on in their head. Yes, yes. It's, it's kind of like it's an addiction, right? So what you're talking about in many ways is a workaholic addiction. And, and that can happen for a couple of reasons, right? So that can happen because part of our lives feel unfulfilling. And just like you would numb yourself out with some substance or TV or sex or shopping, you numb yourself out in your business, right? So some people do it because of that, where they create workaholism because of that. And other people do it because of the fear that drives them that they won't achieve what they want to achieve if they don't. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I experienced quite a bit of, of those people who are just so afraid that they're not going to achieve it unless they keep hustling, hustling, hustling and keep going. And so <clears throat> you were talking about that addiction to momentum when you understand how to get more into those flow states, momentum is natural. You know, there, there comes, um, there's a guy named Michael Bernard Beckwith, and he has this amazing quote that's pain pushes until the vision pulls. And at a certain point in time, the train has enough speed that you don't need to keep pouring on, you know, more fuel to keep it going. It's going on its own. And when you, you can actually then ride that momentum more, and it doesn't mean sit on your laurels. It doesn't mean get, you know, out of your discomfort zone <laughs> and, and move in, and stay in your comfort zone. It doesn't mean that at all. What it means is that then 
then you understand the right kinds of inspired and intelligent action to take so that you're getting a bigger bang for your action. You're not just busy, right? And that's really yeah. the key is not, because I see so many people who are so busy. It's like, there's actually um, a, an addiction called like um, addiction to busyness syndrome. And it's crazy because we're all believe that somehow we're lazy if we're actually enjoying our time rather than constantly being busy. And that that's just bullshit, yeah. you know? It, it's yeah. total BS. Because it's you're also usually not taking the action that's really the productive the productive action that's moving the dial forward. You're just busy, and they've actually done research to show that after you know there's this arc, and and when you go past 50 hours a week, you start to do a major decline in the level of productivity that you have. And so you could be working 80 hours a week, but you're probably getting about 40 hours of productive work done in that week. Yeah, exactly. I think I've heard this before. Like that's why I want to introduce a four day work week. Um, and I also can definitely empathize, especially if you're say like a solopreneur, like I am, there's just always more stuff to do. And, you know, I'm not the person who is, who's still continuing to work at 8 PM at night, but it, it might be still in the afternoon. Like I still have this to do. I still have this to do. I still could do this. Um, but it's just all about picking your battles and, you know, like focused attention. Like you said, um, you got to actually show up with that flow and energy to actually get it done properly in those times. So maybe let's do a bit of a case study, right? So I like to do in the mornings, first thing, a meditation and visualization of what I want to achieve. And also that day, how That's else awesome. would someone, how else would someone, um, what other exercises or steps would they need to do? to get into that state where it's more focused attention. Like you said, vision pulls yeah. more than uh, pain pushes. I like that quote. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Pain pushes until the vision pulls. And so what's what's really helpful is to understand that, you know, I, I'm i totally woo-woo. I can talk about everything I do from a spiritual perspective, but we, I also We can talk do a little bit of woo. Okay, but I also talk about everything I do from a scientific perspective because it's all grounded cool. in quantum physics, neuroscience and neurobiology, right? So, so when you're in the stress response, like most of us go through our day in large part in autopilot in the stress response and we don't even realize it. And when you're in the stress response, your body is dumping these hormones of stress into your body and you're in fight or flight in either larger, you know, small degrees of fight or flight. And all you can focus on when you're in fight or flight is the thing that you're either about to fight or you're about to flee from, right? So whatever the problem is, is that you're perceiving that issue is what you're focused on. That means that you don't have access to inspiration and creativity and higher levels of intelligence because you're so narrow-minded focused, you're myopically focused on what the issue really is that you think is causing your stress. And so as a result of that, you know, because of that, everything that you do will take 10 times longer to do because you're not solution or Oriented, things aren't just happening. So everything takes longer to do. And so some of the things that I tell people to do, the first things is switch up their habits. Like you're accustomed to getting out of the bed. I would say probably 99% of people check their phone first thing in the morning. You know, they might check their email. They might go on social media. They take their phone with them to the bathroom. They do the same things in yeah, the same order. Your body's habit. going, oh my God. 
yeah, habits. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to get another hit of that chemical. Woohoo. Here's more stress hormones coming, you know? And so your body, you've programmed your body to have the same experience day after day after day. And you're now living, you know, your, your predictable past, you're projecting onto your future. And so to shift that up, to have a different future, we have to actually shift up the habits that we're doing, our states of being, what we're thinking about, how we're feeling and, you know, changing up morning habits. So like getting up and not checking your phone and doing a meditation or working out immediately can really help people then focus their energy for the day so that they're in proper alignment when they start the day. Now, that being said, you can spend a half an hour, an hour doing that in the morning. And more, I call it the morning power hour. You can spend your morning power hour, but if the other, let's say you're awake 16 or 17 hours of the day, if the other 15 or 16 hours, you're going through your regular habits, doing the same things over and over again, then all the work that you did in the morning isn't really having the same bang for the buck. So it's about bringing levels of awareness of how we're doing our days, of how we're being, of how we're showing up. And, you know, there's tons of hacks that I give people to do to really shift that up so that they can change their thinking, they change their state of being, and they can have a different experience as a result. Yeah. So, so I definitely want to jump into those hacks, like you said. Um, let, let's just say someone, I'm going to assume most of my listeners, well, not most, I, I can't speak for everyone, but a good amount will say, we'll have the good habits in the morning. You know, they probably won't check their phone. They'll either read or do something productive. Got a to-do list. Maybe they've blocked out that maybe they're that productive. They've blocked out the day. Like, okay, I'm doing this at this, this at this. Um, <clears throat> sometimes we just lose focus. You know, sometimes you lose prioritization. Things just get in the way. You said you're going to do these three, two things, and then you don't end up doing it. So what, what would you do? What would you instruct or coach this person to make sure that they like effortlessly, like you said, everything's just flowing. Everything's just popping bang. Everything just goes easy. One thing after the next. Right. Right. Well, there's a couple of things that I would want to do because there's always two mm -hmm. pieces to everything I do. There's sort of the mindset piece of it. And then there's the very practical piece of it. Right. So you can look at what you were talking about, about time blocking. Right. So you, you do some time blocking um, and then you can look at, you know, so so that's like one very practical piece. But then I look at like, well, why are you being distracted? What's going on behind that? Like what's going on that there's a self-sabotaging behavior that your your goals are not your priority, that something else is your priority instead, right? So I would want to look at that to find out, and it, it may be different for each person, but what's going on behind the scenes that they're, they're losing that focus? Because the truth is, is if you were really focused, even for three to four hours a day, like just super focused, you'd probably get more done than most people do in an eight hour day. And they actually find that most people who work like eight hour days are only getting three and a half to four hours of work done anyway. So, so the idea is like, what would life be like if you were just had these major like hour and a half focus blocks where you really, you put your phone in the other room, turned it on off on airplane mode so that you couldn't look at it, you know, locked it in, the, yeah. I don't know, locked it in a safer, you know, because that's often what distracts us, right? Your email, check your email or whatever. Don't have those apps open. You know, I mean, there are so many little productivity hacks, hacks, but the idea is like, what's going on behind the scenes in the mind that's creating those distractions in the first place. And, and part of that, I believe, is either maybe a fear of failure, a fear 
that, you know, they, they won't end up doing ultimately um, having the level of success that they want, that the, the stuff that they're putting out there won't be well received, that, you know, they're really not good enough. A lot of my clients, you know, total high achievers have this inner fraud running all the time, you know, where yeah. it's in the background. Like we're not often aware that these programs are in the background, you know, running themselves. And so a, a lot of that is that. And until you tend to that, and that's very individual. Um, and until you tend to that, like it's hard to change the external habits and get them on board. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. It's all like the, especially like capturing the moment. If you had an opportunity, like, why is this actually happening? Why am I feeling like I don't want to do this? Or why am I feeling like I'm getting distracted? That's obviously yeah. not, not something you achieve overnight. Um, a free way to do it is to do some journaling and to just ask yourself a question. What is it? Um, sometimes that happens for me. You get a bit of insight. Um, but if someone else, you know, are there any other exercises other than journaling? Someone might be able to, uh, you know, get, get that insight for themselves to change their internal software of, you know, why is this not a prioritization? Yeah, I, I, journaling is a great one. Um, you know, I think meditating is another one. One of the things that I help, like, mm -hmm. There's, there's this place where sometimes it's almost not important what the program is that's running as long as you can see that something's or, or why it's running as long as you can see that it is and just go, okay, well, what can I do to actually shift it? And so one of the things that you can like, I'm a huge, huge fan of gratitude. Right. So giving like <clears throat> keeping a gratitude journal, keeping an evidence journal of your accomplishments, because one of the things that helps create momentum is <clears throat> most people, excuse me, are focused on what's wrong. We have this negativity bias. Right. And it's very ancestral. It goes back to our cave people days. Yeah. Right. This negativity bias of focusing on what's wrong. And, and part of what it requires is us to shift our thinking to what is actually working. And one of the ways to hold on to what is actually working is to keep a daily evidence journal of like, okay, these are 10 ways that my business is moving forward. And even if you repeat some of the things from the day before, you'll start to generate more and more things because we have this part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And it's why if you ever get a new car, you see that car everywhere on the road. It's not because people just went out yeah. and bought that new car. It's because yeah. your brain went in search of it. And so your brain will go in search of whatever you it believes is important to you. And if you start giving it things to focus on, it will go in search of more of those things. And it will actually create more of those things and also spot ones, opportunities that you might be missing. And so when you start to track it, when you start to track it, then you can actually see um, the momentum starting to build from that because you see more and more things on that list on a daily basis. So that's one of the things that I love my clients to do that I think yep. is so helpful for them that really helps them um, shift their momentum without having to dig as deep into what's the programming that's causing that in the first place. Yeah, I really like that. An evidence journal. I think I'm going to be using that from now on. Now, how would you instruct? Like, what's the cat's name, by the way? He just will not stay out of it. It just grew in. So, so, so going back to what we spoke about at the very start, how would someone, let's just say someone started doing an evidence journal. How would you instruct your clients to not get bogged down in 
there's not enough or I haven't done enough today or, you know, there's one or two things that are on that list, but I feel like there could be more like these, I feel like these might be some traps. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what would, yeah. what would you, what were some expectations? What, what, like, what would the expectations be that you would set for your clients? Okay. So, so change happens like lasting, sustainable change happens in baby steps. We tend to think that we want to take mm-hmm. giant leaps, but actually giant leaps kind of freak our, um, our, our subconscious mind out, our ego out, thinking that we're trying to, you know, kill off the ego. So when we take gradual baby steps, like a, a whole bunch of, you know, thousands of baby steps mean many, many giant leaps and really move the dial forward. And so when I look at that and go, okay, well, I'm not being productive. Then you might look at that and go, okay, what are three ways that I have been productive today? Right? I'm a, I'm a master yeah. reframer. So I like to reframe and, and I do this thing called stacking, which is um, like a rampage of like little truth. So, so what's true? Okay, so what's true is I set out to do three things. What's true is that I focused for 10 minutes on this and I was really solidly focused on this. What's true is that in that 10 minutes, I was able to accomplish this. What's true is that this gave me this understanding of that as I was able to accomplish that. What's true? See, little small truths, but when stacked on top of each other, they have a really profound effect in shifting our psychology Mm. about it. And then we can actually look at something in a different way rather than focusing on like, I didn't get enough done. We can go, okay, what did I get done? Oh, I got this done. That's awesome that I got this done. And the other thing I would say is if you're not getting it done, then maybe stop having so many goals on your on, on your to-do for the day and focus. If you're getting one major thing done in your business every day, that's a really great start. That's a really great start. It's not to say that you couldn't be even more productive, but if you're really focusing on one major thing, like set yourself up for success so that you have many small wins and those small wins lead to a level of confidence that generate bigger and bigger wins. Yes. Okay. That, that makes a lot more sense. Um, I'm going to try all these out by land. I'm going to get back to you about what the progress is like because I'm doing what everyone else probably does, you know, block your time out, do a to-do list, do one to three things. Um, and, you know, sometimes the focus is there and sometimes it's not. And um, I, I really like that evidence tracking, like you said. I think it's going to keep me more accountable and uh, I think it's a great tool for my listeners. Um, just out of curiosity, obviously you've got your own resources and your own content. Have you got any good books my listeners might be interested in that might complement what we've been speaking about today? Oh, that's a really great question. You know, I've pulled from so many different people along the way. Like, I don't have like one person that I really ever follow. Um, So when -hmm. people ask me for resources like that, that's always um, a little bit challenging because I feel like I need to write the book that has all (laughs) of this in it because I don't know anything that does. Um, you know, one of the things that that talks about one of the books that I love that talks about what I do, but from a very different perspective, is actually the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. And it's been around for a long time, but it is really a great book if you dig into it and you start even focusing on quadrant two. And if you read the book, you'll get understand what the quadrants are. Yeah, but yeah, quadrant two important, thing. right? So it, that's imp- I think a really great book yeah okay i definitely know what you're talking about there's like four quadrants stuff you do and there's like urgent stuff important stuff urgent and important stuff and then stuff that's just not related to your day oh that's just not important at all that's and not, important. not important yeah 
And uh, it's all about trying to find time in your in your week, in your day. This is what Elaine is referring to, quotient two. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's all about finding the stuff that's important that we would normally put off because it's not urgent, but that's the stuff that moves us forward in life. And um, I'll have to reread that book because it's such a, such a powerful book. I read that like three years ago. It's one of the first self-help books actually I read and it got me started on this whole thing. So I like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So most people focus on what's urgent, what's calling their attention the most. And what's urgent usually is not what's really important to move the dial forward in any of the areas of life that are important to us. And when we actually spend time focusing on what's important, we actually really create a tremendous amount of growth in all of those areas, whether it be health and wellness, whether it be our businesses, whether it be our relationships. When you focus on the things that are actually really important, I believe that your your urgent list starts to diminish because you're taking care of things. It's almost like it, you're taking care of things proactively rather than taking care of things reactively when it, they become urgent. Yeah, that's a really good point to me. It's like digging your well before you get thirsty. It's not like, especially with, let's just use a business example. Most people who are unorganized might be like, I need clients right now and urgent might be something like, okay, I need, they might get very distracting. Like I have to create all this content. Um, I got to try and reach out to X number of people to try and try and win them over or something like that. But like you said, if you're doing these things in advance, then these things won't pop up in the future when you really need them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Elena, you know, I really enjoyed chatting with you today. Where's the best place for my audience to find you online? Well, there's a couple places they can find me online. The first place is actually my website, which is www.elenaschwartz.com. And the second place, I hang out a lot on LinkedIn. So I'm on a lot of these kinds of podcasts. If you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. If you just search Elena Schwartz. And if you're interested in, you know, having a chat with me and seeing, you know, if I can, no pitch, but if you're interested in having a brief chat with me, to see how I can help you, what your next action steps are, you can reach out to me at support at elenashwartz.com. And I've got your freebie here. It's, I think I've got two here actually. Hot, 10 hot tips to scale your business to the next six to seven, six to seven uh, figure level while working less than 40 hours a week. Yeah. And we've got that at elenashwartz.com slash 10 hot tips ebook. I'm going to leave that in the description below. Oh, awesome. Thank could you, could you give me a description? What's in that, what's in that freebie? So yeah, you can uh, actually entice actually my listeners. 10, 10 exercises, both from a mindset and a uh, business perspective. So maybe even 20 exercises um, that you can actually do that really, if you do them and like do the, like actually take the time to do them will really make a huge difference in moving your business forward. Cool. I'm going to get started on that. So I'll give us, Give me some uh, stuff to talk about progress in 2021. Elena, thanks so much for coming on to Storytelling Secrets today. If there's any other message you want to like leave my listeners with, go for it. Otherwise, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you know, I, I would say one last thing. And whether it's me or anybody else, the truth is we can't read the label from inside the jar. And so we really don't know what we don't know. And the difference between having a successful business five years from now and a business now is to me really hiring a mentor who's already been there, who's already done that, who can help walk you through that process and what's right for you. 
So a lot of people feel like I don't want to spend the money. It costs too much. And I think that the cost is not getting the support because really, if you have find the right mentor, it's an investment in your business and in, the return on investment is tremendous. So I would really encourage people to find the right mentors to really help them grow themselves and grow their businesses. Yes, exactly. I, I want a quick note before I sign off. I, I, I invested in mentor start of 2020 and it was easily the best decision ever. It's, it's propelled me so much in my business and awesome. man, it's going to be one of the best things ever. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on to Storytelling Thank Secrets, you. Elena. It's been a pleasure. All right, so that's a wrap for my guest today, Elena Schwartz. Now, you can grab her freebie, like I mentioned, the quantum leap mindset shift you absolutely have to make to add 10 to 50K months to your business. That is going to be in the show notes below. You can grab that. It is a free sign up for that. Um, other than that, you can um, get in touch with Elena on social media. I'll get the descriptions, uh, her links in the description below. Thanks for listening to Storytelling Secrets this week. And guess what? I'm back for my solo shows next week. Yes, I've had taken some time off and now I'm back. I mean, running some email launches for, for a client. So, to get you excited for the next episode, it's not going to be how to write the launch. It's going to be like, what makes that, you know, that, that six-figure launch? What is the, what's the idea behind that six-figure launch? How do you come up with that? That is what I'm going to share with you in the next episode. See you on Monday.